Hey family, this is Joshua Jones. My wife, Lindsay, and I have the honor of being the lead followers of Way Family Church right here in Edmond, Oklahoma. Thank you for taking a minute to tune in. We pray the message gives you a different perspective about Jesus, His gospel, and what living life in His kingdom is all about. Take notes, listen intently, and be blessed. My name is Lindsay. You probably don't see me a whole lot. Um, You either see me singing or back there. (laughs) One of the two. I get the privilege in this season of loving on some of your babies while you're in here. Um, I, you know, I, I told Josh, I think the Lord has a little bit of a funny sense of humor. You know, especially with my life. I'm not sure about your life, but I, I remember telling Josh when uh, he scared me to death and said we were planning a church. I was like, whoa, so who, who, you, me, I got to come. And he was like, uh, yeah. And then uh, I said, well, I just want you to know, you know, you get the little hair. I just want you to know I ain't working in no kids. Okay. I'm not doing it. And then look at me back there. I'm like, hi, he said, I am the vine. And like, you know, like doing all the things like here's goldfish I love you (laughs) like all the things so you know in seasons you do what's asked and what the Lord's asking you to do um but this is not an unfamiliar situation to me um but if you are new here and I do not say this with any insecurity I'm really confident I've become confident in who I am and what I give if you're like wow that was odd come back next week Josh will be back and you'll be fine. You can try it again. <laughs> There's different options. There's different flavors for different folks, okay? So if you don't like this one, come back next week. I'm a little bit, um, I don't understand every word in the Bible. I can't pronounce it. I will skip a whole section when reading if I have to stand in front of you. Like I'm reading out of Luke 3, and the end of it has the son of this and the son of that. and the son. I was like, nope. We'll start in chapter 4. <laughs> and just let them tell them about it. You can go read it later, okay? Like, you can work that out. I'm that person. It's okay. I am not less than. I just don't know all those words. So if you are, I'm the person that tries to, like, Google Surrey, how do you say? (laughs) Nobody else did that? Okay, y'all lying. (laughs) So anyways, Father, we thank you for this morning. I know we've already been in your presence. You're already here. You're available to us. But just as I stand before um, this community of people, I just want to be able to speak your word with grace and with humility and with honor. We give you all the praise and all the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Say everyone, say everyone is hungry for something. Everyone is hungry for something. In our natural bodies, I don't know, does anybody in here get hangry? Hangry? Ooh, yeah, you like get to that point. I, I, I don't know if I get hangry, but my, my younger sister does. And boy, I will like throw her a Snickers like, woo, work it out. Um, but when everybody gets hungry in their natural body and in their spiritual body and their spiritual soul, everybody can get hungry for something. But what are you hungry for? What are you eating of? What are you naturally doing with the things? Like for me, when I get hungry, I can make bad decisions real fast. Right? You can have a stocked fridge at home. 
you actually just could have went to the grocery store. Who's I don't know if anybody's ever done this. And you get home, you put all those groceries away, and then you're like, you want to go out to eat? Because in the moment, you're like, I don't want to cook none of this food we just bought. Because you're what? Hungry. And they always tell you, don't go to the grocery store while you're hungry, because you just pick all the most random things out. I've tried to get better at the Walmart pickup thing. You know, Vanessa does it, and I try my life to be like Vanessa in so many ways. <laughs> and she, like, does the Target pickup and the Walmart pickup and all the pickups. And I get on there, I'm like, I don't know what I want. I got to walk down the aisle and just get inspired. <laughs> like, you know, I was like, do you, like, plan out your meals? She's like, mm-hmm. I was like, oh, I don't do that. I just get inspired. <laughs> I don't know. Noodles sound good. <laughs> Let's add some chicken. <laughs> like, I don't know. That sounds good. I, I was like, I'll, I'll work on it. I'll work on it. So everybody gets hungry for something. And today we're going to talk a little bit out of Luke chapter 3 and chapter 4. I know you've been, you've been going through Acts, but we're going to just detour and we'll come back. Okay? We'll, we'll go back. When we were youth pastors, Josh made me one time. I told him I'd never do it again. He was going through the book of Acts with... Uh, our youth group, and he was taking a chapter a week and talking about it, and he gave me like Acts 6. I don't even know what the chapter was about. I was like, what in God's name are you making me talk about? It was like the hardest thing to talk about. People were just staring at me like, what are you talking about? So I refused. I tell them all the time, I was like, if anything, I'm going to detour and we'll come back to Acts. So next week, come back and we'll get right back on track with where he was going, okay? So let's start out in Luke 3, 21 and 22. I'm going to read out of the Passion Translation, but the English Standard version, New King James, they all say very similar things. I'm just a creative and love the way that they communicate. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Is it up? I'm, I don't know. No, nope. restarting. Okay. I'm just going to read it. One day Jesus came to be baptized along with all of the others. He was consumed with the spirit of prayer and the heavenly realm ripped open above him, and the Holy Spirit descended from heaven in a form of a dove and landed on him. Then God's audible voice was heard saying, my son, you are my beloved one. Through you, I am fulfilled. That's the first time it says that God audibly said about Jesus, you are my son, you are my beloved one. Through you, I am fulfilled. And then we'll skip down. That's when they start talking about all the sons. So we'll skip that part. And then we'll go to Luke 4, starting in verse 1. From the moment of his baptism, Jesus overflowed with the Holy Spirit. He was taken by the Spirit from, from the Jordan into the wilderness of Judea to experience for 40 days the ordeal of testing by the accuser. He ate no food during this time. And at the end of the 40-day fast, he was very hungry. It was then the devil said to him, underline that, it was then that the devil said to him, if you are really the son of God, command this stone to turn into a loaf of bread for you. Jesus replied, I will not, for it's written in the scriptures, life does not come only from eating bread, but from God. Life flows through, from every revelation from his mouth. The devil lifted Jesus high into the sky and then a flash showed him all the kingdoms and regions of the world. And then the devil said to Jesus, all of this with its power, authority, and splendor is mine to give to whomever I wish. Just do one thing, and then all you have to do is simply bow down to worship me, and it's yours, and you will possess everything. The Lord goes on to rebuke him, and we'll stop there. 
but he had spent 40 days and 40 nights. I, some, of we, some of us can't go eight hours or anytime that they, we come around January and they're like, it's fasting time. I just get stressed. Oh, I'm like, what does that mean? Like, do we have to miss lunches? Like, it's just like, I start to sweat and all the things when they're like, or they're like, hey, we're gonna do the Daniel fast for 21 days. Do what? I don't, what? Okay, so 40 days. You know, in our natural flesh, he was hungry. I mean, I understand he was God, but he was also man. You know, he was hungry. And he would have like, anybody would have said, hey, we, we think about it in like 8 to 16 hours. Some of you do the intermittent fasting and you by the 16 hours is up, you're starving. You're going to eat whatever's in the, just think about that as 40 days. When we go to restaurants, right, let's just think about restaurants, say uh, Longhorn or Texas Roadhouse or even uh, the Cheesecake Factory. Anybody like any of those? No? Okay, because y'all real quiet. (laughs) So when we pick a restaurant, when you're like, I'm going to go out to eat tonight, what do you usually choose it on? I want a steak, right? Or this restaurant has a fantastic pasta dish or I'm gonna go here because they have good chicken wings I don't know I'm just trying to think of random things that you might go to restaurants for but you usually go for the what the main course right I never go I want to go to Longhorn because they got bread in the beginning Man, I like the bread. That's what I'm going for because I'm hungry for the bread. All the things. We usually say, I want a steak. So I'm going to go here to get that steak. But when we go and we go to order, the nice little lady comes out. She usually asks you what you want to drink. And then she said, I'll be back with, with bread. I don't know. I like uh, Longhorn's bread, so it's real hard for me not to eat it. But if you come and sit down, they'll bring it out to you. And they'll bring as much bread as you want. Right? And then we go to chowing down on bread. And we're trying to look through a menu like... You know, like looking at this steak, like, do I want a 16 ounce or eight ounce? And you're just chowing down on the starter of the meal. Not, you haven't even ordered the main course. Right. So most of us get to chowing down, but it's not the meal. And we'll eat three rounds of of bread and get full on something you didn't go there for. You will go there and get full, or like you'll go to Ted's, and you'll eat all those tortillas they give you, and then all those chips they give you, and then you're like, I don't even know if I can eat anymore. You didn't even go for that necessarily. And you have now filled up on something that I promise in two hours, you will be hungry again. See, my reasoning may have been the steak, 
But now I'm filled myself up with the starter. So my reasoning may have been the main course, but I filled myself up on something that was only intended to start out my meal, not complete it. So I would say I'm full, yet not satisfied. (laughs) See, bread will fill you up, but it will not satisfy you long term. The bread may be the best thing you've ever had in your life. It could be something that you're like, this is amazing. The best thing, this is the best bread I've ever tasted in my life. But there is always something better. Because it's never intended to be the main course. It was intended to be the starter. So do not waste the better thing going for the easy thing. Don't waste the better thing going for the easy thing. Whatever's right in front of me. Whatever is something I can just quickly go, oh yes, I'll just take that, thank you. We do that in our everyday life when it comes to jobs. I'm, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. I'll just take that one. And then we get in it two months and be like, I hate every minute of what I'm doing. And you're just like pulling out your hair. Instead of just sitting back and understanding that God's working things out according to his good. And if I naturally just sit back, I've never met so many anxious people in all my life. I'm like, just sit down. Let him work itself out. I've had to learn that because I am a, I need to know, I will do nothing without knowing the end result. And the end result doesn't have to be what I planned it to be. But if I know I'm going to fail, I'm going to walk in knowing I'm going to fail. And I'm going to hey, all right, this probably is not going to work out for me the way I wanted to. But I knew that walking in. And if I do happen to succeed at it, I'm like, whoa. There we go. Thank you. Thank you. But I will always walk into a situation knowing sometimes life doesn't deal us that. Sometimes I don't want to get full on something that's not my main course. I don't want to get full on particularly, hmm, sorry, my phone, particularly something that may be um, a dream of mine. Like say you are dreaming about something. I'm in the process right now. I don't know if everybody in this room knows this. I own a dance studio. I've had it for about 13 years. Last year, I had to make some decisions after my father passed to um, transition out of the job I was in and go get another job. But I decided to take the studio and open it myself. Talk about stressful. (laughs) You know, when you have... I mean, it doesn't matter. I was 38, and I still had my daddy to lean on. So I was like, okay, we'll just take all the risk I need. And then when he was gone, I was like, oh, hold on. Wait a minute. Check, please. And so I'm in a situation right now where I'm having to make some decisions, and there's some, and it's terrifying. It's terrifying. Well, you think, well, that's your own thing. It, for me, it's terrifying. It's not only terrifying financially, it's terrifying for the business. It's 
me, what am I going to do with my staff? I have six people on staff that I pay for every week to be there. I have all kinds of things in dynamic and I'm looking and I've told my friends, I was like, I'm looking at that bank account going, God, there's five loaves and two fishes. (laughs) I got five loaves and two fishes. And I hope to God that if I step out this boat, that I walk on water and not fail. But I have no idea. And I went to go make a hasty decision about it. And I remember just saying, okay, give me a moment. Give me a moment. I don't think the Lord is like, I don't know. He, uh, he's not made any red flags yet. I don't want this to be my starter. I need to know, am I not filling myself up with something that's not my main course? Am I going to put myself in a situation where I won't be satisfied in a couple of months because I just didn't sit and listen and understand? I don't need that situation to have everything worked out for me to do it. But I have to know it's what I'm supposed to do. It's what I'm supposed to eat on. And I'm supposed to go forward. So you, you guys can pray with me about that. Help me. I make a decision, Cherry, with Cherry on like Tuesday. So God bless it. God bless it. If we become disciplined enough to not consume the easiest thing, which is often right in front of us, but the, easy, but, then, but the easy thing usually lessens our appetite for the better thing. I remember when I went to go get on a diet, I hate diets, I hate exercising, I hate all the things, I don't want to do none of it, I don't like any of it. I know, thank you for all the people that do, I really appreciate you. But I'll do it, because I know it's right. But it's not like it don't get me up in the morning. Like people are like, I get up at 4 a.m. and cycle. Why? Why? Like, I, that sounds stressful. <laughs> you know, like, I don't want to do none of that. That does not wake me up in the morning. But I remember when I was going to lose weight, they were like, you can't have bread. why (laughs) that's and I remember like shaking you know I don't know I ate a lot of bad food so it was like "Mm." like those first couple of days I had headaches I was like shaking I was miserable I was mad at everybody in my house like they didn't even have to do anything and I was like because I was getting rid of things that were not supposed to be my substance I'm not saying bread's bad, y'all eat all the bread. I'm just saying for me and what I was doing in my life. And I remember the sugar and the things I was getting rid of. And, you know, my kids didn't stop eating. So they had them stupid little muffins. I don't even like those muffins. But all of a sudden that day, I was like, I want a muffin. I don't even like those and I want a muffin. I was like, I don't even eat ice cream. And I was like, I just would like something 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 but I would begin to detox myself of something that I was not supposed to be have substance of same concept for our spiritual lives it's important that we are hungry spiritually 
We watch what we do so we're not tripped up with what's right in front of us. There will always be an opportunity. There will always be a situation. There will be always something you can do. But I don't want to be tripped up because it's right in front of me and not something that's supposed to help me. Back to Luke 4 and verse 3. I usually have printed notes, so if I feel like I'm going back and forth, it's because I am. So the devil said to him, if you're really the son of God, command this stone to turn into a loaf of bread for you. Sorry. The devil came to tempt him when he was hungry. He always comes when he thinks or perceives we are hungry, we are weak, we are tired, we have maybe confused the season that we're in. That's when he comes sneaking up on you, right? And he starts to tell you certain things. It's interesting, I've always found nature to be part of my outlook on how I see the Lord. Some people see it by reading, see him by reading. Some people can do it by thing. But me going and sitting in nature and understanding how it all works together really puts a highlight on who he is for me. For me. You might go outside and see some trees and be like, they are trees, Lindsay. Like, <laughs> that's great. <laughs> but for me, I see birds that interact with each other and I see plants that use bees to pollinate each other and how the wonderful works of things and how there's a spring, summer, fall, and winter. There's these things that all things are made for the purpose. Every season is made for the purpose for life inside of those trees, plants, various things. See, fullness often distracts us from foundation. We'll see, we'll, I feel full. We don't, we could be as rocky and as inconsistent as all get out. But because we feel full, same thing. I can walk away from a restaurant, man, like, man, I filled up on bread. I'm not even hungry. I give you a couple hours. You're going to be snacking and some, eating something else and doing something else because it wasn't your foundation. In the stillness of winter, I love winter, not only in my like personal, but just to the concept of thinking about it. the Lord's been, I've been on a journey for a couple of years inside of this. I don't feel like, oh, the winter season's terrible. You know, like, you'll come out in the summer. You know, like, ah, I want to find the uniqueness of the seasons and not like pray for the next one and I'm gonna be full and it's gonna be luscious and all of these things. I wanna be able to be in the stillness of winter because that's where the tree's true strength is unveiled. That's where it's really unveiled. Stripped of all decoration, the tree trunks become prominent. What do your tree trunks look like? When stripped of decoration, what does it look like? I remember when we came to plant this church and I had a really unhealthy view of success. Um, I grew up in a way that just, it just, I had a, 
I, I, had an, I felt like I was always trying to keep up with somebody, right? I feel like the Christian culture does that a little bit amongst pastors and things like that. And it's just really unhealthy for me. Um, not saying it's bad for anybody else. It just was unhealthy for me. And I was striving and obtaining. And I remember we had finally got this house that I was like proud. To. I was like, yes, I've made it. <laughs> you know, I have this like 3,000 square foot home and it's large and we redid it. And I got the nicest kitchen everybody would be jealous of. And I have two ovens. And I was just like, this is awesome. You know, you do all these things. And then it was like, hey, we're going to start a church. What? I just bought a house. And then it was like, hey, um, just out of situations that happen, we're going to take a leap of faith and Josh isn't going to have an income because we're starting. We'll, we'll have one, but we don't know what the church is going to be like. So the best thing to do, Lindsay, is for us to downsize. Says who? <laughs> and I mean, I'm not going to, I didn't have the best response. You couldn't imagine. But I was like, I ain't worked all my life in all 15 years for you to take me across town. Like, you know, I just went into this whole like, mm. and so then I was just like, well, I'm still going to have two dining rooms. You know, I just went down my list of what I was not giving up. And I remember packing that truck. Some of you guys were there to help us. And it crushed what I thought was my main course. And it was nothing in comparison to what I have now. I might be 1,200 square foot smaller and a shower that don't work. <laughs> and I'm taking baths in my kids' bathroom. And, you know, it's real slippery. And it's like, got this, it's fine. It's beautiful. And I love it. And we're more at peace than we have been in 15 years. So what seemingly was supposed to be something wasn't actually my main course. I often say I was trying to keep up with certain people and I realized I wasn't supposed to ever keep up with them. It wasn't my story. So whether you live in an apartment 1,500 square feet, or you got 5,000 square feet and you want to invite me over for dinner. All of those things are fantastic. You, as long as you're at peace and full of joy and full of hope, it don't matter. It don't matter. Life doesn't sleep, even in winter. Life doesn't sleep. Though in the winter, she retracts all advertisement. When she does, she's conserving and preparing for a future. See, in the winter season, most, most trees, not all trees, but most trees are stripped of visible fruit. But those trees still have fruit. It's just what the world sees. What the world sees. We can easily mistake our unseen fruit for failure. So what, what, what was, maybe what I was doing in summer seasons, 
I see those unseen things as now equated to failure. But it's not. It's a winter season that's preparing and conserving for the future. Right? See, abundance may make us feel more productive. We will be quick to fill up a schedule. Because we feel more productive feeling like we have things to fill our lives with. But perhaps the stillness of winter can have a greater power to strengthen our soul. I love Alicia Colbert. She says she's an author. The sleepy days of winter hide us so the seductive days of summer will not ruin us. The sleepy days of winter hide us so the seductive days of summer will not ruin us. Because a lot of you are looking forward to the summer and splashing around in the water, but it might hurt you and ruin you because you weren't ready for it. Somewhere in the, I, I think it's very interesting that Jesus in documented, we only hear about him with a few, with few things. So we, when he was born, uh, I think again, I, I might be totally wrong, but it's around these ages, so just run with it. Uh, like five or six, um, and then when he was 12, and then we don't hear about Jesus' life again until he's 30. So somewhere between the ages of 12 and 30, he had a life. It ain't like he just sat there waiting. I'm just going to wait till the Lord tells me to call upon me. I'm sure he was learning and growing and doing all of the things that... uh, probably serving, working with his father, learning how to use his hands to navigate because in that season, he was taking everything he needed to prepare him for when he was 30, right? So if maybe, I'm not saying that, I don't know, it's Jesus, so I don't know. I I I can't speak for him. But maybe he wasn't ready at 20, Maybe God's like, it's not time yet. Maybe he was 22 and be like, yo, hey, still, still here, making wood, work stuff, you know. You ever going to tell people I'm the son of God? Not yet. I'm not, I don't actually think Jesus would be like that. We would be like that. I think he was real content in life. We, are, we aren't. He's like, hey, I have this really cool gifting. Yeah, the Lord's told me I'm going to do some great things with it. I got a prophecy. So, like, when's that going to happen? When are we going to do that? When am I going to stand before hundreds of people and show them what the Lord's told me? But you're real uncomfortable talking to your kids about the Lord. Or I'm real uncomfortable with showing Jesus my coworkers. 
I don't, I mean, I like the thunder. I want you to know that. Like, I, I don't wear, the, like, I don't have thunder memorabilia. Um, I actually have to go to my daytime job this afternoon. About 2.30, I have to be at the arena to put on an event with them tonight because of my job. And I have, I, I've become to, to love this job because I get to be around people that believe nothing like me. And I just get to show them Jesus every day through a smile and a laugh and love. And I'll send random people stuff all the time. And I'll do things to try to just create space. And they are so confused by it. <laughs> they are. <laughs> they just like, I remember my boss was like, I don't, I don't understand you. I was like, thank you. <gasps> I really appreciate that. Most people would really see that as an insecurity. I love that. Thank you. And she was like, okay, <laughs> go back here. But that means she didn't put me in a category. She didn't put me in a category, right? We don't know what that conversation were like between God and Jesus during those times. It's undocumented. I have no idea. I mean, we could come up with good theological guesses, but we don't know. But could you imagine what it could have been like for him? Put our very soulish ways <laughs> into the concept of Jesus, even though I don't think he was that way. How long would you be willing to wait before you moved on to the next bread? Because you're hungry. I'm hungry. So I'm going to make really antsy decisions because you're not moving fast enough, God. I got this thing inside of me that I got to get out. I got to do it. I got to do it. Do, do I necessarily think uh, three years ago I'd be doing what I'm doing now, but I thank the Lord that I am. I thank the Lord that anybody could have seen my last year as having to close a studio, open a studio, get a job, downsize a home, do all of that as failure. But if I look at it in April of 2022, I'm more successful than I am. I am, I am more successful now than I ever was then. I sat in front of a guy from the state chamber Friday at lunch at Packard's downtown for an hour for him to ask me what I thought could be happening in Oklahoma City. Me. I was like, hmm, what's happening in Oklahoma City? <laughs> I didn't say that. I'm just kidding. I know how to put it on, okay? A year ago, I wasn't sitting at nobody's table. I was serving the table. But if I would have got upset when I had to close a studio, open a studio, downsize a home, get a different job, start in an entry level, do all of the things, if I'd have been like, you know what, this ain't for me. I thought I was better than this. I thought I'd worked 15 years in ministry and ain't nobody caring. I would have missed an opportunity 
to sit in front of people I'm not qualified to sit in front of. It wasn't until John baptized Jesus and he was audibly been made known. We could equal that to awakening to his calling maybe. He became hungry. And I thought this was an interesting thought. Make sure because I don't like to go over time. The devil never showed up until the announcement was made of who Jesus was. You don't hear about it any other time. You don't hear about any other time the devil came to tempt Jesus. Not in the temple. Not in the little farmland. I mean, he could have. It's undocumented, so I'm not saying there's not. But not documented information that he came around tempting him until there was an audible situation that happened and said, this is who this is. This is my son and who I am well pleased. And then all of a sudden, here he goes. Hey, so you've been out here for 40 days and 40 nights. I know you got to be hungry. <laughs> so let's start there. He had never shown up. Not one time during the seen years of Jesus' childhood did the devil come to tempt him. It wasn't until it was a visual announcement had made. If you really are the son of God, command this stone to turn into a loaf of bread. He wants you to forfeit your calling for a temporary gain. That's pretty much what he asked him. I want you to forfeit what you're called here to do for a temporary gain of eating bread. All of this with its power and authority and splendor is mine to give to whomever I wish. Just do one thing and you will have it all. What he was saying is you can have everything God promised you without the cross. Without the process. Maybe for some of us without the pain. Without the winter. All you got to do is bow down. We find God's pauses perplexing. Because they seem to be a waste of our potential. When those pauses extend beyond what we can comprehend or explain, we often spiral into self-doubt and second-guessing. Why isn't this happening for me? Why isn't this? Why isn't my bank account bigger? Why are my kids still like this? Why is that? What, what is this? I don't know. All of these things, we start to go in self-doubt. Well, maybe I'm in the wrong place. Maybe I'm not doing the wrong thing. Maybe I should go here. Maybe I should do that. We get uncomfortable with God's silence or pauses. They become perplexing to us. See, the Father is never careless or causeless with our lives. Do we have enough trust in Him? We love to sing it. Oh, Jesus, I have trust in you. It is so sweet to trust in Jesus. <laughs> Y'all, quick to sing it. 
quick and like you move and do all the things and love the Lord and maybe even shed a tear. I'm not saying that that's not right. You feel it in the moment. And then you go outside of here and you're like, oh, now I got to do this and now I've got to do that. I'm going to make it happen and I'm going to push this open because I don't think it's working. And I start second guessing the things that I'm doing, start second guessing the things that God's told me, start second guessing all of that. My mind was so small on what I could do with my life that I could have missed it if it wasn't like a pretty much a kick in the butt. What I thought I could do was so small in comparison to what I feel like my life is called to be. My life maybe will stand on this platform again, but it's not my calling. I had get more satisfaction in sitting amongst people trying to change Oklahoma City for the better and understanding there's a whole lot of people out there that you don't know. And there's a whole lot of people out there doing things you know nothing about. Because when you get into a certain level of corporateness, they have a certain viewpoint, right? I don't, I'm not saying this to be, please hear my heart. I don't feel like I I don't want to ever brag or do certain things or whatever. Like that's not my heart. But I, it's such a God testimony for me. Thank you for taking a moment to listen in to what Jesus is doing right here at Way Family Church in Edmond, Oklahoma. If you want to be a part of helping us to continue to share the gospel and get it out to as many people as we can, you can do that via Cash App at dollar sign Way Family Church, or you can visit our website at wayfamilychurch.com and click on the giving tab. For more information about Way Family Church, you can connect with us on all social media platforms or simply go to wayfamilychurch.com. Be blessed.